This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Amen. Alright, so we will continue on this topic that we've been talking about for a while. Authority in God's house. Authority in God's house. And for me as a subtitle, how to respond to delegate authority. And again, this has already been taught, it's already been said, but guess what? We're going to say it again. All right? So again, authority in God's house. How to respond to delegate authority. And for me, when I think of how authority, this to me is one of the most important topics that I've learned as being in the believer, you know, being a Christian. I'm going to tell you, I learned this in this ministry. Because the things that I got taught here I, about authority, I did not know them. And it changed the course of my life. To know how to be an authority. First of all, I know what is authority. How to get up under authority. And then guess what? Once I'm under authority, to stay there. This is so important. It really is. Learn these concepts around authority. And then once you learn them, learn how to apply them. And then once you apply them, keep on applying them until you are called home to be with the Lord. Right? Stay under authority. It is so important to stay under authority. Like I said, this has changed my life. This is, what is the key? This is the key for me. When I look back over the years, it's like, wow. This is what it was very important to me to understand authority and how it operates. Right. And so now, as an opening statement, we're winding down this teaching on authority in God's house. You know, because let me say this too, right? You think about this, right? We come to church, right? You're here at church. Church starts at 7 o'clock. Who says it starts at 7 o'clock? Who said church starts on Wednesday? Come on Wednesday. You know, all these things, we just so subtle. You know, it's amazing how you know how to operate when you come in here. You know how you know how to operate when you come in here? Because authority has established how things need to function and flow. Authority is established with time we start. Right? What happens when we start? Authority. What day we come to church? I mean, it's so, it was so subtle to us. I was, <laughs> it's amazing these, these things come to me now, right? I was thinking about the offering envelope. Why is the offering envelope blue? I mean, little things. Who established that? We, we raise those blue envelopes. You're like, oh, that's an offering envelope. Yeah, authorities taught you that. See, that's what I mean. Understanding this concept and staying on authority, you know, don't... Stop kicking against authority. Because you're going to hear the thing. Why we got to start at 7? You know, for Wednesday night. Why we got blue envelopes? I, I like red envelopes. I think red will be better pop, you know, when you give it. When you raise them up. But guess what? You're not an authority. That's not your decision to make. And that's what it's all about. And I think that's the part that bothers many of us. Right? You're not the decision-making person. You're not making the decisions. Right? You're the one that responding to decisions that have already been made. If we ever get down that, I mean, so some, get that concept down. You are the one responding to decisions that have already been made. 
That's how you stay under authority. So as we're winding down this teaching, this opening statements here, the authority in God's house, we never forget that, right? This is God's house, right? God's house means it's not man's house. It's God's house, right? And so don't forget where your position is. So I'm going to remind you of some things during my section of teaching, right? Where your position is. Let me help you out up front. Where your position is not, you are not God. Very simple. So stop acting like you are. You are not God. Let me help you out. You're not even the Lord. You're not God. You're not the Lord. Then what am I? If you're born again, you are a believer in the Lord. So that means, in the Lord means, guess what? All authority has been established to you how to conduct yourself as a believer. He's already, the Lord has already laid it out for you. And all you got to do is walk in it. See, that's what authority is all about. It's showing you how to walk, how to live under His authority. Right? So that means, again, you're not God, you're not the Lord, you are a believer in the Lord. So, so know your position. Know how to flow out of authority. There's a flow. Don't get out that flow. You know how you get out that flow when you start saying that I'm, I'm God. And again, you never say it, but guess what? You act like that. You act like that when you say, I make the decisions. Or I'm going to change the decisions that have already been made. So this statement that was made earlier, I'm going to repeat this statement. God is the benefactor. What do we mean by benefactor? Interesting term, because we don't use this in our day, in our our common, you know, lingual that we're talking to one another. But God is the benefactor. Benefactor is a title for those in power. The king, the ruler, the one in authority. So God is the one in authority. God is the benefactor. As believers, we are the beneficiaries. Right? The beneficiaries of the benefactor. As long as you stay under the benefactor. It's hard to receive benefits when you're not under the benefactor. So don't don't think that you are the one that's in authority. Because guess what? You have no benefits to carve out to anyone. God does. So let's turn to Luke chapter 22. We're going to start there. This is Wednesday night. Bible study. So we'll go to a few scriptures. Luke chapter 22. You know, again, like I said, for me, this is, I am so excited about these teachings. All the things that have been said already and continue to be said. God is just so faithful. Luke 22. Again, God is a benefactor. We are, as believers, you are the beneficiaries, right? Look at this, what the Lord Jesus said. Luke 22, starting at verse number 24. And there was also a strife among them. A strife among who? The disciples. Which one of them was that? I'm sorry, which among them, which of them should be 
accounted the greatest. Now, I like this terminology. There's a strife that rose up amongst the disciples about which one, which of them should be accounted the greatest. Now, if someone's got to account you the greatest, that means, guess what? You're not the greatest. In other words, you know, if, you got, if, I, if I got to go tell you you're the greatest, to put the stamp of greatness on you, then that means you were the greatest. So, just in that terminology, understand, they, were trying, they have a strife or envy and battle, like, which one of us is to be accounted the greatest? And he said unto them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them. And they that exercise authority upon them are called what? Benefactors. They have that title. They're the one in charge. But, verse 26, but ye shall not be so. But he that is greatest among you, let him be as the younger. And he that is chief, as he that doth serve. For whether is greater he that sitteth at meat, or he that serveth, is not he that sitteth at meat, but I am among you as he that serveth. And verse 28, And ye are they which continued with me in my temptations. Verse 29, And I appoint unto the kingdom as my Father has appointed unto me, that ye may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on the thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. So you see in this passage of Scripture how the Lord showed them who the greatest is. And show them where their position is. And show them how to flow out of that authority. Verse 29. He says, And I appoint unto you a kingdom. Now, if the Lord Jesus can appoint unto you the kingdom, that means you're not the king. He is. And then where did he get his authority? As my Father has appointed unto who? Me. So now we have God the Father, we have the Lord Jesus, and then we have you, the believer in the Lord. That is the flow of authority. It is so plain, it is so simple. Follow that flow in your life and you will stay out of trouble. You have God the Father, you have the Lord Jesus, and then you have you, a believer in the Lord. And you see, the Lord Jesus will appoint unto you a kingdom. Now, if he's going to appoint me a kingdom, that means I don't have to go get one for myself. See, catch this. He's only appointing those a kingdom that's under him, a believer in the Lord. See, again, that's how you stay authority. He said, I. And as my father appointed unto me. And then he told you what your position is. That you may eat and drink at my table. I like that. You're going to eat and drink at whose table? His table. Because you are a believer in the Lord. It's his table, and he's allowing you to eat and drink. See, this is authority. This is how we stay in authority. This is how we learn how to flow out of that authority. I'm at the Lord's table. At the Lord's table, and I like this, I'm at the Lord's table in the Lord's kingdom. There's no other better place to be. Again, we took communion on this past Sunday. Again, we talked about you come to the table. 
Because at the Lord's table in His kingdom is everywhere everything I need. He has everything I need. You know, those things that you learn through these teachings about the benefits of being under authority, right? The provision. The provision is at the Lord's table. What else is at the Lord's table? Healing is at the Lord's table. Have you ever noticed you can't heal yourself? But He is what? The healer. <laughs> the Lord. See, I mean, that's why I mean we say these You are not the Lord. The least you can do is heal yourself. You don't even have that little power or authority. How many times has the Lord went to the doctor? Yeah, but you get a headache. You got to go to the doctor. Exactly. You're not the Lord. He is. See, it's his kingdom. It's his table. And he's allowing you to eat and drink there. Stay in that flow of authority. Know your position when it comes to authority. You're not God. You're not the Lord. You are a believer in the Lord. So stop looking to be the greatest. He told you what to do. Serve. Serve in his kingdom. And he says, I'm amongst you that serve. And it was obvious. He said, I am greater than than you all, but I'm here that serve. So what is he telling us to do? Serve. Serve. You know what serve means? Stop looking to be served. Serve. Put your hands towards somebody else being, I'll say this, blessed. Versus you always looking to be blessed. Serve. Those are those in authority. All right, so my objectives for this teaching. First and foremost, I want to introduce you to God Almighty. That's the first objective. Because I believe some of us have forgotten who is God Almighty. You are not. So first objective is introduce you to God Almighty and then introduce you to delegated authority. And then next, introduce you to those under delegated authority. And then next, discuss how to respond to those under delegated authority. And then my last objective, and this is probably the good one here, is look at the difference, look at the difference between provoking one to love and good works versus bullying. We all like that word, right? Bullying. We're going to look at these things. What's the difference? So those are my five objectives. We'll see how far we get, but that's, that's the goal. All right, so let's turn to the key scripture that's been said already. And that's Psalm 62. Everybody should be able to quote this by heart. Psalms 62 for this teaching. The book of Psalms 62. <clears throat> Chapter 62 in the book of Psalms. Verse 11. It says, God has spoken. Once, twice have I heard this, that power belongeth unto God. 
So God has spoken once. Twice have you heard it. That power belongeth. And when it says belongeth there, that's, you know, again, a TH on the end means a continue belongeth. I mean, God always is power. It belongs to Him. All the time. You know, God is not one time powerful, another time weak. He, he is power. That's who God is. It belongs to Him. Power belongeth to God. Now look at this in Hebrews chapter 1. Again, these key scriptures. Hebrews chapter 1. Starting at verse 1. It says, God. I like this. God. Like power belongs to God. God said once, God, who at sundry times in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being in the brightness of his glory and the expressed image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, set down on the right hand of majesty on high. God upholdeth all things by the word of his power. All things are upholded. All things are established. All things stay in the place it is because of the word of his power. That's God. So what have we learned? God is the ultimate authority. God Almighty is the ultimate authority. And again, we put ultimate authority. It really, God is the authority. You know, that's our adjective, he's ultimate. No, he's authority. Whatever, whatever ultimate is to you, whatever max word you want, actually in front of, it, front of that, that's fine. But he is authority. He is. God is authority. And we saw this and we learned here too. When we talk about that word authority, we're looking at God is the Azusa. Right? He has the right and he has the might, the dunamis. When it comes to authority. Right? He has the right and the might. I mean, God has the privilege. He has the control. He has the dominion. That's the right. Then he has the dunamis, the power, the, the, the might, the ability, the strength, the potency. Right, the gate, the great potentate. That's God. That's Him alone. He has that right. He has that might. God does. So God alone is the Azusa. God alone is the Deuteronomist. All power belongeth to God. So now, man, where does man fit in? Man needs to first find authority and get under it. That is your job. Man, find authority, get under it. Because authority is all around you. And you get under it because that's where your protection comes. That's what all the benefits God has for you is going to be found under His authority. So you better find His authority. It's amazing, you know, when you come into this world as a baby, God don't even trust you to find it. He brings you into this world, and then when you come into this world, you got parents. Somebody received you from that hospital. And immediately, he showed you authority. Your parents. 
your daddy, your mama, your grandmama, your grandfather, whoever it was, your uncle, your aunt, whoever it was there, that was authority. God placed it right there for you. Because, man, you need to find first authority and then get under it. That's God's order. So since God alone is the, has the right, God alone has the might, man, first thing he needs to do is find authority and get under it. That, mean, that means man does not have the right to change God's order. Notice that man does not have the right to change it. Right? Those, again, the flow of authority, right? You have God the Father, the Lord Jesus, and then believers in the Lord. You as a believer in the Lord, you don't have the right to go up to the God the Father and change His order. You don't have that right. All power belongs to God. Remember, this is authorities in God's house. You don't have the right to change God's order. Man, you don't have the right to change God's arrangement. How God has arranged things, you don't have the right to do that. To change it. Look at this in Romans chapter 13. Romans 13. Man, you don't have the right to change it. Well, I changed it. But guess what? You don't have the right to do it. Romans 13. And that's man's problem, right? Because man have a will. And so man like, well, I'm going to do what I want to do. But just because you think you can do what you want to do don't mean you have the right to do what you want to do. And then once you do what you want to do or come against God's authority, then you're going to reap the consequences. Romans 13, verse 1, it says, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. (laughs) For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisted the power resisted the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive unto themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to the good works, but to the evil. Will thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. What is he saying here? That when you come against God's order, you come against God's ordinance, God's arrangements, God's delegated authority, you are coming against God himself. So when I said it before, how the first thing man needs to do is meet authority, find authority and get up under it. Right? That means if you come against that authority when you found it, you're coming against God. Why do you think that little passage in the Bible is about children Honor thy father and mother. This is the first commandment with promise that you may live long on the earth. That's all about authority. Find that authority. Your parents honor. Stay up under it. Because when you come against your parents, I know you don't want to hear this. You just came against God. You hear that disobedient, uh, disobedient children, right? You come against your parents, you just came against God. Well, you don't know my parents. Well, you don't know God. Here's the thing. If you got issue with your parents, take that up with God. 
Never forget this. You didn't ask to be here. Uh, if anybody came back and told you, you were going to, oops, and well, we didn't know, and oh, you know. Still, however you got here, you didn't ask. You wasn't outside looking at, can I get in? Can I come? Can I choose? No, you showed up. And matter of fact, you have no, if they didn't tell you when you were born, you had a birth, you wouldn't even know. You don't even have a remembrance of when you showed up. You know, the first of the month we go through the birthdays and, you know, you look at the years and how long people be. You, you wouldn't even know that unless those in authority told you. See what I'm saying? Authority has always been in your life. God has set it up that way. To protect you, give you guidance, direction. Authority told you when you was born, right? When you got here, where you was born, they told you all this. They tell you what kind of baby you was, how, how big you were, how small you were. Authority. And guess what? You believe them. I was a big baby. I was a small baby. I was a preemie. I came late. I came early. Yeah, your mother tarried with you for 20 hours. Yeah, who didn't know you were going to come out of it? Yeah. That's, you, don't even, you don't remember any of that. But authority told you and you believe it. See, God has established His authority in your life for your benefit. Again, verse 3. For rulers are not a terror to the good works, but to the evil. So you wonder how come the evil comes your way. The terror, right? It's for the evil. Check how you're responding to authority in your life. That shows you already where you're at, your maturity level. Because when you come against authority, when you meet that individual, you think you're meeting a man, you're meeting a woman, you're just meeting dad and mom. No, you just met God right in front of your eyes. And God expects for you to get up under that authority. So again, man does not have the right to change God's order. Man does not have the right to change God's arrangement. And here's the thing, too. You know, I don't know why on these things about parents and children, right? Even if you want to change your parents, you can't. You can't say, I want new parents. You may change your name, change your address, location. But guess what? You will always have one daddy and one mama. You can't change that. <laughs> one. Now, you know, for somebody, there may be some questions who the one is, but you, there was one. You can't change it. You may find out later it was a different one, but it was still one. So man does not have the right to change God's arrangements. Man does not have the right, get, catch this, the man does not have the right to criticize God's order or God's arrangement. Who God has designated for delegate authority, you don't have the right to criticize. Let me say that again. Who God, who God, who God has placed into delegate authority, you, believer in the Lord, don't have the right to criticize. And these are teachings that went on. We heard this last week. We heard these things over and over again. Examples and examples of violations of authority. 
dangers that come against delegated authority. How many examples in the Bible are going to show you? But you know, you think you're different. Because your mind is, delegated authority was wrong. They treated me wrong. So because delegated authority treated me wrong, I have a right to come against them. No, you do not. Well, they need to be dealt with. Then how do you deal with delegated authority when, they, when they've done wrong? Not by you. Well, that's not right. Take that up with the one that put them in authority. God. See, it's always amazing how all of a sudden we, we, we are more righteous than God is. We know what's right. Not God. We do. Now, we're going to get this. We're going we're gonna to see who God calls. So again, man does not have the right to criticize God's order or his arrangement. Look at this in Acts chapter 23. Acts chapter 23. Again, I'm hoping that, you know, we're just driving home these points that you've heard for the past months, after months, after months. Acts chapter 23. Now, this is all the interesting passage of Scripture to me because... You know, we, we think about, well, let's read it. Acts chapter 23, starting in verse 1, it says, And Paul, you know, the Apostle Paul, Paul that wrote certain books in the Bible, that Paul. It says, Paul, earnestly beholding the counsel, said, Man and brethren, I have lived in good conscience before God until this day. And the high priest, Ananias, commanded them that stood by him, to smite him on the mouth. Then said Paul unto him, God, <laughs> I love this, Paul like God, shall smite thee, thou whited wall, for sittest thou to judge me after the law, and commandest me to be smitten contrary to the law? Paul gave his argument. and said, God going to smite thee. But then look at the response. And they that stood by said, Revilest thou God's high priest? Now I heard God's name thrown around a few times from both sides. Paul said God's going to smite thee because of stuff that you said. And, and then they came back, wait a minute, you, who are you talking to? You, you revilest against God's high priest? Then said Paul, I wish not, brethren, that he was the high priest. For it is written, Thou shalt not speak evil of the ruler of thy people. Look what Paul did. Paul like, oh, I didn't know you was a high priest. Didn't know it. And he quoted, you don't speak evil. Right? Against the ruler of thy people. That, so, I mean, Paul went right back to stay under authority. Once he found out that was a high priest, oh, in other words, I shouldn't have said that. Even though what you did was wrong, that's not for me to judge. That's not for me to address. That's between you and God. Because he said, it is written, Thou shalt not speak evil of the ruler of thy people. So that means, again, man, you don't have the right to criticize Those that God has placed in delegated authority. 
This is criticize. You're doing God's order. God's arrangement. You don't have that right. You know, I tell you, a lot of us, the best thing to do is just, just zip it. You know, some things, you just need to keep that to yourself. Don't voice it. Don't put voice to it. Don't. Because you don't have the right to come against God's delegate authority. Look at this in Second Peter. Chapter 2. Second Peter, chapter 2. Same concept about coming against God's delegated authority. You don't have that right. Second Peter chapter 2. Look at this in verse number 9. Second Peter 2 and 9, it says, The Lord, the Lord, knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. But chiefly, them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanliness and despise government, presumptuous are they, self-willed, they are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. See, it's amazing. The scripture's telling us you should be afraid to speak evil, to come against, to criticize those that are in that delegate authority, that have rule over you. Because, again, we saw that in Romans 13. God has established that order. He established that authority. And that means as you as man, you need to get up under it. So when we say God's order, when we say, when we, what do we mean by God's order? God's order is God's placing and God's arrangement. So when we say God's order, what is God's order? God's placing and God's arrangement. God has a placing and he has an arrangement that only he does. And guess what God's placing and God's arrangement is for? It's for his purpose, not yours. So when God's established authority, when God's established order, that's for his purpose, his arrangement. So what is my response? I've got to trust God's process. Why? Because I'm not God. Let me help you out. There's some things that God has done that you will never know why. Settle that. You on this side, you may never know why that happened. But it's God's order and God's arrangement. It's His placing. You don't know. Look at this in Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, another well-known passage of Scripture that's trying to remind you, man, of who you are, your position in this flow of authority. Genesis 1, verse 26, it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth 
and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God, God, so God created man in his own image. God did. You weren't already here. God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female. He created he them. God did. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue, and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air. And, and over every, little, every living thing that moveth upon the earth. It's all about God and what he is doing. Man is God's creation. Never forget that man. And when I say man, I'm talking about mankind. You are God's creation. You are not your creator. You're not God. So now how is the creature trying to tell the creator about his order? When he was always existed before you even were thought of. God. Alright, so now let's get to my objective number one. Let's introduce you to God Almighty. Turn to Genesis chapter 17. Genesis chapter 17. God Almighty. Oh my goodness. Genesis chapter 17, starting at verse number one. It says, And when Abram was ninety years old and nine... The Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. You know, you know it's amazing when, when God, the Almighty God, shows up. He has something to say. And when he says something, he's not just giving you a suggestion. That shows who the authority is, right? When authority shows up... We think they're giving us a suggestion. No, they're actually giving you a commandment. But us, we look at the vessel and we're like, oh, they, they just, I don't know what that means. No, you know what it meant. Don't get caught up with the vessel. You better get caught up with authority and what they're saying to you. Because they're giving you commandments. They're giving you commandments that's going to help you. So again, he said, I am Almighty God, the Almighty God. So that word there, Almighty God, represents God in the name of El Shaddai. The all-powerful, the one who has all power, the mighty one. El Shaddai. God is all-powerful. Again, God is all-powerful. Right? All-powerful is God. God is. Not you. You know, I, I remember what, what Sarah said, right? Is, is there anything too hard for God? He is all-powerful. That's why he's the almighty God. He's El Shaddai. He is the mighty one. Again, the great potentate. All potency. Is he? He's the Almighty God, and this is what I love about the Almighty God. The Almighty God was always Almighty God. 
In other words, He is, He was, and He is to come. Almighty. In other words, God does not change. And see, why, you know, why are we saying these things to you? I, I think, you know, because we change. You know how we change? Well, we forget. We forget who the Almighty God is. The all-powerful God is. Because in our mind, we had experienced His power. In a long time. What we think is his power had experienced in a long time. But you see, he, he showed up to Abram when he was 99 years old and said, I am the Almighty God. I told him to walk before me and be thou perfect. Now, God is not going to tell you to do something you can't do. It was no buts. It was no I, walk before me and be thou perfect. He is the Almighty God. Always. Turn to Revelations chapter 1. And we looked at Genesis, seeing him as the Almighty God. Let's look at Revelations chapter 1. Revelations 1. God is the Almighty God. Revelations 1, verse 8. It says, I am. You, I mean, I love these decorations, right? You know, I am. He told Abram, I am. Be careful what you say you are. Because God says, I am. The I am never changes. Here's the beauty about the I am never changes. Connect some, uh, some dots, right, from services we had this past Sunday. Something pastor said, I hope you didn't, you know, hope you caught it. Many things she had said this Sunday, but something that caught my eye was, or caught my attention was, God gave you the original instructions. Go back to the original instructions. Because why? Because I am hadn't changed. You have changed. But I am hadn't changed. See, just because your situation, your circumstance, you know, has changed, just because you rebelled, did some stuff you shouldn't have did, let me, let me help you out. Just because you sinned, the I am hadn't changed. Go back to his original instructions. Because you go back to his original instructions, and that's how you're going to line yourself back up with his authority. God is always trying to get you back to where you need to be. Because you've come against his will. That's what we said sin is. Understand that's what sin is. You come against God's will. But the I am is so good, he's like, come on back. Get back to the original instructions. Get up under my authority. So again, verse 8, Revelations 1 and, and 8. It says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. Now, how can you be the beginning and the ending? That's why He is God. That's why He's Almighty. How can you be the beginning and the ending? And we understand there is no beginning in God. He always existed. There is no ending in God. Get that. that he is forever. For, what, for, for whatever forever is. So we're talking in terms of our, our language and our knowledge. We don't know what forever is. We put a, a definition on eternity. What is it that is so vague? But God is. The beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. So again, the point of reading this is, is showing you that God is always powerful. 
He is the Almighty. Never changes. Before you got here, while you're here, and after you leave, He is still the Almighty God. Don't forget that. He is. That's why I said we're going to introduce you to the God Almighty because you don't forgot that place. You don't left the Almighty God. You don't turn to your own devices. You know, you say out of your mouth, I'm the Almighty God. I can change God's order. I can change His ordinances, His arrangements. And God's like, I'm the Almighty God. But you know what I love about God? God is, God's not trying to prove anything to you. <laughs> you know, that's why, hey, you know, like your parents said, I can show you better than I can tell you. Because you, God, like, you're going to come to me before I ever have to come to you. In other words, you're going to need God before He ever going to need you. you got to go to Him. And He has ways to let you know that, oh, I, I need God. I need the Almighty. I need the All-Powerful. Life has a way of showing you that you need the All-Powerful God. Because with the situation you're in, you cannot change it at all. And let me help you out. Not even you can change it, you don't have the strength to even endure it, to go through it. You need the all-powerful God to even get you through the situation you are in. So you're going to go to Him. He's all-powerful. From everlasting to everlasting, God is the Almighty God. Look at this in Isaiah. The book of Isaiah Chapter 6. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 6. Starting at verse number 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With the twain, he covered his face. And with the twain, he covered his feet. And with the twain, he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Now, here we see the Almighty God. His throne is in heaven. High above all. He is high and lifted up. And then you have these angelic creatures continually crying out daily, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. They make declaration of His holiness continually. It says, Whose glory fills the earth. The earth is full of His glory. That's the Almighty God. And so now when you come against the delegate authority, you're coming against the Almighty God. And then you wonder why things are not just working for you. You wonder why the consequences have come your way. 
because you're coming against God's order. Again, we talk about authority in God's house. See, we know one angel that came against God's authority. He said he fell out of heaven like, like lightning. See, you know, we watch too many movies, right? God not fight nobody. Remember, his word, everything's of hold by the word of his power. If God says it, it's so. <laughs> that's, that's how powerful he is. See, I'm just saying, you don't have no power. You think you got power in your words. A lot of stuff you said, you just lie. You still waiting for that to come. The past. God's not waiting for anything to come to pass in what he said. It is done. It is so. That's why he is God Almighty. His will is going to be done. On earth as it is in heaven. His will is going to be done. Because he's the Almighty God. He upholded all things with the word of his power. I mean, like I said, there's nothing to compare to him. That's the Almighty God. Go back to Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4. Starting at verse number 1. And, you know, it's amazing me, you know, we, we see these men. We saw the book in Isaiah, and now we see this in Revelation. You see when these men, they, when they get the glimpse of this, it's amazing how you get to a place where you realize your position. You know, relative to God, the Almighty, to the Lord. Here's my, my thinking, right? My thinking is you should realize this now. Understand your position when it comes to God. Right? You are a believer in the Lord. His grace is sufficient for your life. But does God need grace for what? He uphold all things with the, with the words of His power. You need His grace. Know your position. Stay under it. So you can flow in His authority and receive His benefit. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, it says, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was, It were of a trumpet talking with me. Which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit. And behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one set on the throne. Like immediately he said, I was in the spirit. And a throne, he said, was set in heaven and one sat on the throne. Jump down to verse 10. And the four and twenty elders fell, fall down before him that sat on the throne. The one that sat on the throne. They, <clears throat> it says the four and twenty uh, elders fall down before him and sit on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their thrones before the throne saying thou art worthy O Lord to receive glory and honor and power 
For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. See, the Almighty God has created all things. And for what purpose? His pleasure. For His will. And He receives glory, honor, and power. That means whatever authority you think you have, he receives that. It belongs to him. Don't, hey, don't let God show up to collect his authority you think you have. So you think you got authority? Let me show you that belongs to me. Because all power belongs to him. See, stay under the flow of God's authority. He receives the glory. He receives the honor. He is the almighty, all-powerful God. He's created all things for His pleasure. All things was created for His pleasure. So now you understand why you're here. God has a work for you to do that's for His pleasure. Get this. God, the Almighty, all-powerful, has a work for you to do for His pleasure. In order for you to fulfill that work, He's placed you under authority. So do you know the direction and guidance you need to fulfill God's work? And here we are after materialistic things. You thought God brought you here to be rich? Famous? I'm sorry, let me go a little, a little closer to home. Married, have children. That's why God brought you here. Oh, my life won't be fulfilled unless I'm married. Oh, I won't be fulfilled unless I have a child. God has a plan and purpose for your life. That's why you are here. For His pleasure. And the only way you're going to fulfill that is stay under His authority. Because God speaks through authority. His authority. Now, who is God's delegated authority? Now, introduce you to God's delegated authority. Turn with me to Ezekiel for these last few minutes. Let's look at God's delegated authority. Ezekiel. The book of Ezekiel. Chapter 2, starting in verse number 1. Ezekiel chapter 2, starting in verse 1, it says, And he said unto me, Son of man, stand upon thy feet, and I will speak unto thee. Again, this is made when God shows up, he, he has something to say. <laughs> Son of man, stand on your feet, I will speak to thee. And the Spirit entered into me when he spake unto me, and set me upon my feet, and I heard him that spake unto me. Now, I, you know, these things, I, I love how the Scriptures are written. You know, I, I like the details. I love the details. He said, he spoke it, and guess what? I heard him. Don't miss that. Because God is speaking, but have you heard him? Because if you heard them, then you respond. 
But when you're acting, it's like you didn't hear him. But Ezekiel said, he spoke and I heard him. Because he responded. Your response always tells you whether you heard from authority or not. Alright, and he said unto me, Son of man, stand upon thy feet, and I will speak unto thee. And the Spirit entered unto me, when he spake unto me, and set me upon my feet, that I heard him that spake unto me. And he said unto me, Son of man, I send thee to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation that have rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me even until this very day. God is very direct and clear with Ezekiel. He told him about this rebellious nation. About the children of Israel. And he told him about how they rebelled against him. And the fathers did. And they transgressed against him even until this day. It was still going on at that time. He said, for they are impudent children. And stiff-hearted. I do send thee unto them. And thou shalt say unto them, thus saith the Lord God. Again, introducing you to delegate authority. It's amazing. Ezekiel is not going on his own behalf. He's going because God told him to go. God told Ezekiel where to go, who to speak to, and what to say to him. That's God's delegate authority. And you notice, the only people in this conversation is God and Ezekiel. Not the, children, not the people he's going to talk to. God speaking to his delegate authority. And he said unto them, verse 4, again, the end of verse 4. Thou shalt say unto him, thus saith the Lord God. He's, he's telling them, you say, thus saith the Lord God. So they know exactly that what you are speaking is on my behalf. You are my representative speaking to the, to the children of Israel. That's God's delegate authority. Thus saith the Lord God. And then verse 5. And they, whether they will hear, or whether they will forbear or refuse, for they are a rebellious house, yet shall know that there have been a prophet among them. God, said, God already called them rebellious. God said, even if they hear or they rebel, you're still going to say this to them. So that they'll know there's been a prophet among you. In other words, they'll know that authority has shown up to correct them and give them an opportunity to, to, to change their ways. See, when authority shows up, authority shows up, it's here to help you. To correct you. To provide guidance to your wickedness. To your error. And then God's representative. Verse 6. And, and thou, son of man, be not afraid of them. Neither be afraid of their words. Though briars and thorns be with them, and thou dost Dwell among scorpions. Be not afraid of their words, nor be dismayed at their looks. Though they be a rebellious house. I mean, God's encouraging. I mean, that's encouraging, right? To let them know that uh, don't be afraid of them. They're going to give you some looks. They're going to say some words back to you. But I sent you. Because they need to know authority has shown up to speak to them. Because they're rebellious. And thou, verse 7, thou shalt speak my words unto them, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear, for they are most rebellious. 
But thou, son of man, hear what I say unto thee. Be not thou rebellious, like that rebellious house. Open thy mouth and eat what I give thee. Introducing to God's delegated authority. God's delegated authority is who God has called, who God has instructs, who God has ordained, who God has arranged, who God has delegated for his purpose to speak to you. That's God's delegated authority. And they're speaking to you on God's behalf. So that means if you come back to them and and say words to them and refuse them and criticize them, you're not criticizing them. You are criticizing God, the one that has sent them to talk to you. That's God's delegated authority. And I'm going to stop here. I think you had enough for tonight. Hopefully you've seen some things, understand some things. Be careful when you come against God's delegated authority. Here's the thing. You, that's why you better find authority. Because he said, well, how do you know that was God's authority? Well, how do you know it wasn't? Right? Be careful. Be very careful when you speak against God's authority. His delegate authority. Because you're speaking against God. Stand to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.